Welcome to another Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created this show with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Astrology has made a recent resurgence, especially on social media. And the reason for this is the younger generations, even more so millennials. Astrology memes are popping up left and right and amassing tens and hundreds of thousands of followers. These memes include anything from people joking about Mercury and its retrogrades to people's horoscopes defined as moods of David from Schitt's Creek or more seriously sharing specific intention setting around full moons. Chani Nicholas, an L.A.-based astrologer, when asked about this renewed interest in astrology, said, There's something that's happened in the last five years that's given astrology an edginess, a relevance for this time and place that it hasn't had for a good 35 years. Millennials have taken it and run with it. Nicholas also points out that although people may read their horoscope incessantly, this doesn't necessarily mean they will change their behavior based on what it says. As it turns out, many young people have such an ambiguous relationship with astrology where they don't actually believe in it, but at the same time, they take it very seriously. Even though astrology has had a significant stigma in the past, it is the young people of today who are helping it to grab a foothold in mainstream society once again. Online astrology sites are reporting an exponential increase in traffic just within the last four years. In 1982, a study was conducted by psychologist Graham A. Tyson on people who consult astrologers. The aim of his study was to examine the characteristics of people who sought out astrologers. His findings included there were more females to males, and the average age range was primarily 30 to 39. Many consultees, as they were labeled, were mostly unmarried, of Jewish, atheist, agnostic, or non-Judeo-Christian faith, and highly educated The most common variable with all consultees, however, was stress. In fact, the study concluded that the number one driving factor for seeing and consulting an astrologer was stressors linked to their social roles and their relationships. According to the APA, or the American Psychological Association, since 2014, millennials have been the most stressed generation, alongside Gen Xers, significantly more stressed than older generations since 2012. According to a survey conducted by the APA in 2017, 56% of people said reading the news stressed them out, and millennials and Gen Xers were the most prominent to say so. This stress, bundled with uncertainty about the future, is the perfect combination for what astrology can hand over. It can alleviate both by providing a subtle glimpse into the future, while also bringing a bit of existential relief for this newer generation of minds who cares more about who they are and how they fit into this place. In a report conducted by J. Walter Thompson in 2016 called Unreality, it was revealed that we increasingly turn to unreality as a form of escape and a way to search for truth and meaning. A renewed appreciation for the unreal and intangible aspects of our lives also tends to emerge. This was evident after the Enlightenment period when the Romantic movement leaned more towards intuition, nature, and the supernatural. So aside from how newer generations are grabbing onto astrology or how they are understanding it, the flip side is how each generation is shifting the dharma or karma through astrology of the generation before. Vedic astrology shines more light on the karma. Not good nor bad, karma serves as a neutral guide in the lessons of life before. It allows for reflection and change. Three generations which have a varying relationship with astrology are Millennials, Generation X, and Baby Boomers. As alluded to earlier, Millennials and Gen Xers are the first to point out their stressors, while Baby Boomers are more conditioned to live with stress and oftentimes seek it out. Baby Boomers are reluctant to let go of their power, Gen Xers are hesitant to lead, and Millennials are more willing to tear down the whole system as we know it each embodying the propensities of different astrological signs while living out generational karmas, and as luck would have it, their country's karma too. It seems a bit overwhelming when you think of all the karma to clear, yet each generation clearing more than the one before. 
No doubt, millennials have reinfused a sense of enchantment with astrology all over again, which leaves me wondering, what will the relationship be like for future generations with astrology, like that of Generation Y, Generation Z, and Gen Alpha, which is anyone born from 2010 to 2024? And what does their karma hold? And if stress was a big contributing factor for prior generations in consulting the stars, what will Generation Alpha do, especially being born and growing up during a pandemic? Today on Love from the Hip, I have the extreme pleasure of having Amy Martino on my show. Amy is a sleep coach and child astrologist. Amy will share insights on how a child's astrology chart can affect their behaviors and sleep habits. So stick around for this exciting show. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. The veil is a line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go beyond the veil. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my podcast, Love from the Hip. That's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I'm delighted to have Amy Martino on my show. Amy is a sleep coach and child astrologist. Hey, Amy, thanks for being here today. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Isn't this sunshine amazing? It is very much so. Yes, I was out enjoying it earlier. Oh, very good. So how long have you been working with children? Uh, well, as a professional, I've been working with kids probably over 35 years. Um, but of course, before that, I was always babysitting and uh, working with kids in that way. So it's pretty much all my life, but professionally for over 35 years. And that would be as a nanny? Yeah, as a nanny or in uh, child care centers, and, but mainly as a nanny. Okay. And so how long have you then been a child astrologist? 
Well, I've always dabbled in it, but kept it kind of as my own secret weapon to understanding the kids I was working with. And I've just recently in the past four or five years um, decided that I should branch out a little bit and try to help more families through this means. And what was the catalyst for you going into child, child astrology? What was the big pool for you? Uh, a move to Seattle, actually. <laughs> it was just kind of um, encouraged by the families I was working with that uh, I shouldn't just use it with the kids that I was working with, but I should try to share it with more families because they felt that it was definitely helpful to them and would be helpful to more families as well. Okay. And were you starting to have a lot of aha moments when you were really looking into these children's charts? Oh, definitely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, as early on when I was only doing it for the families I was working for, uh, it was just those children. So in the last four or five years, as I've done now hundreds of charts, um, there's definitely been a lot more aha moments for myself and for the parents that I that I work with. I bet. And was there a period of time where you were like, oh, I'm not going to really share that information yet with the family. I'm going to keep it to myself. Like, how did you eventually cross that bridge and and share that information with the parents? Yeah, you kind of have to read your audience a little bit. There's definitely (laughs) a couple of situations where I maybe shared something and you could just tell right away that it was maybe a little shocking to them to, to know that this could be something in their child's personality. Um, but at the same time, information is the key to helping them right. understand their child and parent them as best they can. So I tried to just offer it with a little bit of caring and comfort as if I have to give any kind of, <laughs> not bad news, but yeah, there's definitely times where I'll kind of understand what the problem was probably going to be just from reading the chart. Mm-hmm. And I try to have a poker face and not look at the chart and go, oh, okay, yeah, I see what's coming up next, you know? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So what are some concerns that parents see you for? Pretty much everything. Um, Since astrology basically can cover all aspects of their personalities, that leads into all aspects of of them as as tiny little humans from sleep to behavior, digestive issues and potty training. So you name it, pretty much everything that a new parent would come up against um, as far as getting through those first few years, um, I can definitely help guide them through all of those things. So can we get a little more specific here? So can we talk about how their chart may relate to their temperament, like the terrible twos per se? Right. Yeah, there's definitely signs that are are very strong-willed, and you'll see that in in the terrible twos. But when I'm reading their charts, I'm not just looking at a sun sign. I'm I'm looking at, I usually look mostly at the sun, the moon, and the rising. So it's kind of a combination of those three. So it's hard to just say, well, your child is an Aries, therefore they're going to be, you know, headstrong and lots of movement and um, a lot of it will also tie into the other signs um, and depending on which sign tends to show itself as the strongest um, which is why I read all three of those so that I can explain that to the parents that at times you'll see this come out then at times you'll see this the moon will come out when their emotions are high Um, so but astrology will tell me what their wants and needs are and some kids want uh, a lot of physical contact and other kids don't. And so it also helps to understand kind of where the parent is coming from, because maybe the parent is very touchy feely and wants to hug their child all the time, but they've got a child that wants to be down and moving all the time and, and, and doesn't want that. And they can sometimes think what's wrong. Why is my child not accepting of, of the love that I'm trying to show? And it's like, it can be helpful to just go in and say, well, here's how your child views their affection and what their needs are. And, and it can, those can be the aha moments like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that explains a lot. And then the parents kind of alleviate some of their misunderstandings of their child or the guilt that they feel. Um, so definitely 
Yeah. It helps. So they help to alter. It helps them to alter their relationship. And what about communication? What do you see with that? Well, yes. And communication is big with when you're looking at the parent and the child relationship together, um, which I often will, if I feel the need to run the parents charts, I will do that as well. Um, Parents can go and take personality tests and understand themselves better. But if they have an infant or a very young child, obviously they can't do that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like offering them that information so that they can communicate the best they can with that child. Say if you have an Aquarius child who's, they get very distracted in their own little world. And parents will report to me that they get frustrated because they don't feel heard. They're constantly calling after their child over and over again. And uh, it can be as simple as saying, well, that child, the way that they're wired for this, uh, it helps if you just go over there and put a hand on them first and physically draw them out of where their mind is at that moment and get their attention, get their eye focus first. Then they'll hear you. Then they'll communicate with you better. So it can save a lot of frustration for parents uh, to to have this kind of understanding of their of their child, right? And how to communicate with them. Which, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so I know that you also touch on eating habits because I would imagine that that comes up. But what about nursing? Like, how does that tie into a child's astrology chart as as to what you've seen in the past? Right. Um, well, the, the one that jumps out the most um, for nursing or bottle feeding, but um, mainly nursing, would be any child that has cancer in their chart, um, because cancers tend to comfort feed or, or nurse more frequently than other babies and longer duration, so m- more months into it. Um, and that helps a parent to understand that as well, because maybe they've been told, well, your baby shouldn't be feeding this often. They should only be nursing every four hours and Mm -hmm. your baby is wanting to nurse every hour and a half. Um, But I can kind of go in there and read the chart. And if I find that in there, which if that's the situation, it often is. um, (laughs) And just explain to them that that's the tendency of their child. And if they, if they want to do, the best for them that, that that the child's wants and needs are they'll you know they'll they'll offer it more frequently and understand that that's just creating a secure bond with their child and 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 it's it's helping so them it's interesting so you're, you're saying if they have cancer on their chart in their chart they would need to nurse longer that that's exactly my daughter <laughs> so <laughs> i ended up nursing for like 13 months i was like no i'm really gonna have to cut it off now so i can definitely vouch for that so and they're co-sleepers too so there you uh-huh. go you <laughs> oh yeah that too what about colicky was that part of it too <laughs> it can be because you yeah. never know what else is in that chart so yeah if there's a or something in there, there's definitely going to be some digestive issues. And mm-hmm. they're the gassy babies, usually. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about sleep. And why did you choose to focus on sleep? Uh, I think sleep kind of chose me. Anyone who <laughs> works with parents to help them, um, sleep is kind of the big, that's the big question. That's the big concern that most parents were coming to me for. Um, So I definitely kind of honed my education down that path. And um, sleep is definitely, that's the biggest one that that people come to me for. And so I think that that just kind of helped steer me in the direction because originally I was like, I can help you with everything. (laughs) Um, But then I definitely tried to make sure that sleep is at the forefront. Because well, that, and it, yeah, and it counts for so much with children, right? Right, definitely. Yeah. And so much goes into it. So it's never just about sleep. And mm-hmm. that also fascinates me and kind of keeps me interested in, in helping parents through sleep with their children. Uh, because it's not just about sleep. It's, it's the whole family dynamic. It can be... Um, as simple as changing the the setup of the room or as complex as completely altering their day schedules or their their diets what they're eating when they're eating 
when their activities are, when they're exposed to what kind of light and so many things go into healthy sleep patterns for day and night for kids of all ages. So So what are some sleep behaviors that may coincide with their astrology? Well, yeah, each sign certainly has uh, certain tendencies. Um, Can you go through a few of those with us? I could, yeah. (laughs) Um, So Aries tends to, if they're strong Aries in their chart, obviously, we'll just kind of look at sun signs, but depends on where everything is in the chart. Um, They are movers. And so an Aries infant can be very frustrated a lot of the time and simply because they can't move themselves. So they, they need some help getting all of their physical energy out in order to rest peacefully. So, and resting peacefully means they might not love being in a swaddle when they're, when they're infants or, and it depends on the age. Um, but once they get moving around, an Aries baby will be the one that if a parent's looking in the monitor, the baby started out at one end of the crib and, <laughs> suddenly is nowhere to be seen because they're clear at the other end of the crib. Um, So they have a lot of energy to release. And um, after that is Taurus and they're like little comfort creatures. So a Taurus infant will probably love to be in a carrier a lot and just be up against another human body a lot, Um, which can also kind of lead to co-sleeping down the road. Uh, and Geminis are the, their thinkers, their mind is always working, even when they're very tiny, they're, they'll, you'll notice they're the ones that are always looking around, always taking in everything that's going on around them, which can lead to sleep issues, because if they can't turn off all their senses that are super keen to everything, they're going to have a hard time falling asleep. So mm-hmm. with a Gemini, it's a lot of learning how to set up their sleep area or their sleep hygiene to help them turn off so that they can sleep. And cancers, of course, are the co-sleepers. They definitely want physical closeness, especially close to the mother. Um, And they will likely crawl into bed with their parents (laughs) many years to come. Yep. I remember one time I crawled into bed as a teenager with my mom because I had a bad dream. So it's, it's it carries ending. on, right? <laughs> it goes on and on. Uh, Leo's like luxury, soft, super soft, cozy bedding, which for an infant obviously can't be provided because of SIDS. Right. Um, so it's figuring out how to keep them, give them what they want safely. So a Leo might like to be worn a lot to, to sleep. Those Some lavish more. Leos. Lavish Leos, yeah. You got, and they're also very loud. So they may not <laughs> sleep quietly, uh-huh. no matter how hard you try. So a parent may be completely against cry it out. But if mm. they have a Leo, good luck. Because <laughs> wants to, the way they want to burn off all their excess energy is vocally. Mm. Um, so they might have a lot to say before they go to sleep, and it might not all be easy on the ears. But, right, right. <laughs> uh, Virgos don't need the max amount of sleep usually. So uh, if a parent is being told, you know, or looking online and seeing on the charts that a baby at a certain age should have 14 hours of sleep, and they're like, well, mine's only getting 11. What's going on? Why can't I get more sleep? And if there's Virgo in that chart, that's, you know, that could be part of why they, they don't need that much sleep. Virgos can get by just fine without a lot of sleep, but they're also very gassy babies and they have <laughs> digestive issues. So they may be uh, colic, prone to colic as infants, but there's you know things you can do if you realize um, that they have that tendency, of course, then you can do infant massage or different things on a little Virgo baby to help them deal with that. Hmm. Uh, Libras are big communicators. Um, they want to just chatter a lot and talk a lot and, and hear voices around them. So you might set up, um, Libras might sleep well where they can actually hear other people talking in the other room and have conversation and, uh, or they will want to just talk a lot before they go to sleep or 
someone singing to them. They're just big on communication. So once they get all evened out, all in balance, then they'll drift off to sleep peacefully. <laughs> uh, Scorpios are moody little buggers. Um, so they, uh, you have to kind of clear their energy and make sure that they're, that that baby is not upset about anything or cranky about anything that all their needs have been completely met and that they can just chill and go to sleep uh, without being irritated about anything. And Sagittarius's are kind of the night owls. So these are often babies where I hear the parents can't get them to sleep before 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. And they'll sleep in later in the morning, which doesn't always work with everyone's schedules and things. <laughs> but that's what a that's what a Sag would usually tend to do. They're definitely more of a night owl. So mm -hmm. if they're in a family that can adjust to that, they'll have an easier time getting that little one to sleep rather than pushing for, you know, I've heard they should be asleep by 630 or in the evening. And it's like, mm -hmm, good luck if you've got a Sag here. So <laughs> might not happen that way. Um, Capricorn, Capricorn is usually the best sleepers. Um, so anyone that's got a baby with Capricorn in their charts, you kind of you're definitely in the 40% of the kiddos that are easy, considered easy sleepers. Uh, Capricorns take it like this is just another job they need to do to get it done. <laughs> so kind of say, all right, it's time to sleep now. And mm -hmm. they'll be like, okay, that's what I got to do. So they usually <laughs> just go do it. And it doesn't matter where they are. You'll turn around and they'll just be asleep. And they're, they're, they're just the easy sleepers. Uh, Aquarius is probably arguably the most intelligent um, sign. And I encourage people to look more at their 24 hour span of sleep versus chunks all at once mm -hmm. uh, because their brains just never stop even more so than a Gemini. Uh, so you'll have the Aquarius babies are the ones that are awake from like midnight till four in the morning and they might be completely content just chatting away in there but they're awake and they're thinking and they're, they, they're, their mind is just on. So you kind of look at the big picture for them to make sure that they're getting the right amount of sleep in a 24 hour period versus 12 hours all at once. Right. It's not going to happen for them. <laughs> well, and Amy, and, I'm going to actually stop you right there because okay. we're going to have to take a quick break. On this weekly skinny, I would like to share how to care for your child's skin. Kids are exposed to higher levels of dirt and germs, so it is important that their skin is cared for properly. Many pediatric dermatologists recommend that your child's skincare regimen include a daily cleanser, application of moisturizer, and then of course a sunscreen. And as a reminder, most sunscreens take 20 to 30 minutes to kick in, so allow ample time before heading outdoors. They also recommend bathing your child at least three times a week. Remembering lukewarm water is better for their skin than hotter temperatures. As far as choosing the right products for your child, be sure to look for products that are paraben-free, sulfate-free, dye-free, and fragrance-free. Ditch the bar soap, too, and find a gentle cleanser. Often, too, children can have a reaction to the detergent you use, so try to use a dye-free, fragrance-free detergent as well. Pediatric dermatologists also stress that eczema tends to be a very popular skin condition for many youngsters, so it is important to really hydrate and moisturize their skin, especially after swimming. Chlorinated pools can cause your child's skin to dry out even more, so it's not only important to wash off the chlorine, but also to moisturize right away as well. In addition, it would also be good to point out that the increase in hand washing as of late is most likely to be drying out their wee hands. So moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. It is also imperative to keep an eye on your child's moles. If you see a change or if a rash should arise, be sure to take them in to the pediatrician. It is never too early to teach your child good hygiene. They will thank you for it later. And if your child is struggling with eczema and or baby acne, you may want to try these products formulated by a dermatologist that have Epionce Medical Barrier Cream or the Epionce Light Lytic Treatment. Both are available at epionce.com. 
Just use the code 201-10401 at checkout. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Family owned since 1986, Stargazers, a unique metaphysical bookshop, offers a large selection of precious gems, jewelry, candles, sage, shamanic drums and rattles, oracle cards, incense, and more. Plus, you can find a variety of healing goodness from some of the best healers under one roof, such as tarot and oracle card readings, spiritual response therapy, data healing, and energy work. Located in Bellevue at 12727 Northrop Way, Suite 10, Stargazers provides a foundation for healing, ample wisdom, and resources for starting or continuing your spiritual journey. Stargazers, making sense of the stars and everything esoteric. For more information and store hours, go to stargazersbooks.com. That's S-T-A-R-G-A-Z-E-R-S books.com or call 425-885-7289. That's 425-885-7289. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Is there a topic or modality you would like me to discuss on my show? Message me on Facebook or Instagram at Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. Today on Love from the Hip, I have the great pleasure of having Amy Martino on my show. Amy is a sleep coach and child astrologist. So, Amy, the saving the best for last, Pisces, <laughs> which yes. is my sign. Right. <laughs> so, right. what is the typical sleep behavior of a Pisces? Well, there again, we have another co-sleeper, most likely. Um, if they are very close and comfortable. Obviously, they usually are with their parents. They will want to be there. Um, as you know, Pisces absorb all the energy from everyone around them and everything around them. Um, so in order to sleep, they need to be at a very peaceful place. And that often is curled up next to someone that can help them regulate mm. their own feelings and emotions. Um, because they're very sensitive. Yeah, we and, are. And <laughs> uh, this, this would definitely be one of the signs. And there are a few where I, uh, of course, cry it out is controversial. And a lot of people do it. Um, Pisces would be a sign where I would highly recommend a parent not mm. do cry it out with this child mm -hmm. in pretty much any form. Um, Pisces are just far too sensitive for it. So, so they have to give us our way. Spoil us. Pretty much, saying. yeah. <laughs> I, I can go, I can get behind that. <laughs> so, so what are some of the sleeping concerns you do address for parents? Well, right now, definitely any, any sleeping concern. I mean, that's just it. Um, it's whether it's a child is working out nap schedules or bedtime routines uh, what time a child should go to sleep, how much sleep they should get, um, what is biologically normal as far as children still waking up at night. So you have the you have the science, the brain science, you have the biology mixed in with the signs, which creates this fascinating for me, mm -hmm. um, just a fascinating genre of how how we look at it. Um, because you take the science into it and then you mix it in with kind of their personalities and it's helpful to come up with a plan for parents that is most likely going to have great success yeah. for them. And um, I think it's interesting, too. I would imagine that these habits carry over into our adulthood, right? Like, oh. even, like an Aries, like you described an Aries never being able to sit still. I, I find that is still common, right? Like. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't get too far into future life predictions or anything like that, because um, I just keep my focus to the very small babies for the most part. But definitely you can you can see that um, 
as a child gets into school, what difficulties they may come up against uh, in a system that expects a child to sit at a desk for six hours a day without moving. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some kids, it's really, really difficult. And of course, they may get labeled. um, And I can kind of go in with astrology and and I get a little frustrated at times uh, with the with the labeling. um, Because sometimes I'll run the chart and I'll be like, no, this is just this is just who they are. This, this kiddo just needs to be able to, to move. Mm -hmm. They learn through moving. They learn through touching. They learn through doing. Um, And some kids are great at sitting at the desk and just absorbing all the information and others aren't. So, um, which is so challenging right now, right? With remote learning. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So there's definitely, I'm sure there are some kids that are thriving under Mm -hmm. the COVID situation and others that aren't because obviously some kids are definitely more social your Scorpios they get their energy from being around other people and around other kids Um, so if their world has kind of shrunk down it can be far more challenging for them um, to not be having all these play dates at the playground and what have you right Um, yeah so can we talk about development and the way they learn. I know you should just touch on a little bit, but can you maybe share a few signs with us and their development and how they learn? Yeah. Um, so like I'll use myself as an example. Um, Taurus learns through all their senses. Um, so, you know, you could have a Taurus be really irritated and a baby and not know why. And I would say, if you have a Taurus, the first things you want to check are, is there a scratchy tag on their clothes? Is their sock twisted? Uh, you know, little things like that will just bug a Taurus. Um, so that because of their very sensory aware, they'll have their hands in their mouths more, be, be teething on toys and um, loving the sound of music. And uh, so each sign definitely has those types of tendencies. Um, that will that you can use to aid in their development. So it, it can alter the types of toys you offer your child, um, and you can kind of stay one step ahead mm-hmm. of what they'll likely need as they uh, for sleep or for play or for eating or development. Um, and like Aries is the mover, so you definitely want to create an environment where you're doing lots of physical activities for them. So uh, having a, a, a yoga ball and not only bouncing them on it to get them to sleep, but also using the yoga ball for their development. Uh, there, you can sit them on it and it helps develop their core muscles and you can roll them across it and they can, they can learn vestibular senses that just rocks their world, you know, to kind of take that baby and flip them upside down and do different things with them. Mm-hmm. It gets, they love to feel that they're somewhere different in space than just being grounded. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm going to yeah. actually interrupt you because we do have a caller on the line. So we've got Victoria in North Carolina. And I know that Eric shared the information with you, Amy, but do you want me to share that with you again for her son, yeah. Dylan? I see it here. So let me. Okay. And then Victoria, are you there? I am. Hi, Victoria. Hello. So I have to ask you, what is your one question for Amy about your son, Dylan? Uh, Actually, I'm his nanny. And I think just general things about his sign, um, because he's a very interesting little guy, very patient, very thoughtful, very sensitive. So just in general, things I could look for. Perfect. Oh, we need your time. Do you know the time that he was born? Um, I think it was 12.44 a.m. All right. How's your weather in North Carolina, Victoria? It is lovely. It's in the 60s today. It's very nice. Beautiful. I've always wanted to visit there. Oh, you should. we got the ocean. we got the mountains. It's it's great. you got everything. (laughs) And how many children do you nanny for, Victoria? I just have the one right now. Okay. Yes. I was a nanny for most of my life, too, so wow. I can relate to both of you. Mm-hmm. I was actually an au pair in Switzerland, of wow. all places. 
and I didn't speak a lick of French, so that was really interesting. <laughs> Immersion studies. Okay. Right? Now remind me, what was the question about this? She just wants some general information about Dylan, because he's a very unique child. Is that correct, Victoria? Yeah, he's just very sensitive and just, in, you know, kind of thoughtful and um, just interesting. I just want to know how maybe he'll do next year when he does have to go into the first grade, you know, for the first time in a public school. Just sort of see how he handles the change because he's been doing great with remote learning. So, nice. yeah. Well, he's a cancer. Yes. So um, that is, of course, sensitive and very attached to their primary caretaker. So I'm sure he's got a great connection with you and yeah. a Gemini moon. So he's a, he's a, a thinker and he goes from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next <laughs> <laughs> all day long. Um, yep. And Libra rising, which means he loves to communicate most likely um, yes. talk things out. So that with, with Gemini has to be just keeping you on your toes as far as explaining everything to him <laughs> all the time. Yes. Um, but I think that he may start out a little bit shy in class and kind of take it all in at first. Um, but hopefully as soon as someone comes up and starts talking to him, and uh, that should that should open up all the friendships for him. That would be great. Thank you. Yeah, you're so <laughs> welcome. Thanks for calling in. Absolutely. Thank you, Victoria. All right, Amy. So what was the other sign that you were going to share as far as development goes? Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, the ones that, that usually stand out are uh, in addition to the ones I mentioned, uh, Libra which yeah. we just talked about because they're just great communicators. They like to know everything that's going on and they like everything explained to them and they want to talk about it. So even before they have language, this is one that would love to learn sign language um, or just you'll think they're having a conversation with you. So you just pretend to have a conversation <laughs> with them because they will just talk right back to you all the time. And it's just, it's, it's a great happy place for, for a Libra. Awesome. Um, so in their development, it would include a lot of language, a lot of carrying the baby around the house, pointing to things and just naming everything would make them, you know, super happy just to hear the different things or hear different languages being spoken. Mm -hmm. um, right. Things like that will we'll just uh, just have a happy Libra brain going on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. And with that, we're going to take another break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Com. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Family owned since 1986, Stargazers, a unique metaphysical bookshop, offers a large selection of precious gems, jewelry, candles, sage, shamanic drums and rattles, oracle cards, incense, and more. 
Plus, you can find a variety of healing goodness from some of the best healers under one roof, such as tarot and oracle card readings, spiritual response therapy, data healing, and energy work. Located in Bellevue at 12727 Northrop Way, Suite 10, Stargazers provides a foundation for healing, ample wisdom, and resources for starting or continuing your spiritual journey. Stargazers, making sense of the stars and everything esoteric. For more information and store hours, go to stargazersbooks.com. That's S-T-A-R-G-A-Z-E-R-S books.com or call 425-885-7289. That's 425-885-7289. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And if you are just joining us, today I have the great pleasure of having Amy Martino on my show. Amy is a sleep coach and child astrologist. So, Amy, what is the age age range of children that you work with? Uh, Typically, around four or five is usually the max that I get calls for um, from birth on up to that age is is the the typical range. Um, The older kids are usually more, um, the parents are usually seeking more behavioral uh, advice in that area and the younger ones is usually sleep or just kind of a general if they're just born of course parents like to get a little peek into what they can expect mm-hmm. <laughs> coming up in their first year um, so, so those are typically the ages that I that I get okay so could you walk us through a reading of yours what's the process Sure. Uh, Usually when parents reach out, um, I gather information like we did from Victoria and I'll run the chart and parents will give me a sense of the information that they'd like to know or the issue that they're having, um, where they'd like me to focus my energy, because obviously I could give an insane amount of information about their child, but I'd like to hone in and keep it relevant to what they're dealing with, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's sleep or feeding or those things. So I I try to keep my energy focused on those areas. And if they want a written chart, I can write everything out for them. Um, But usually when we do like the 90 minute consults, obviously not in person right now, um, but when we do the the Zoom calls, Mm -hmm. we use that time then to go over the information that's in the chart and how it can help them uh, with the with the plan that we develop or I, that I develop um, with regards to what it is that they're needing help with. Okay. And then when do you decide to like incorporate the parents' charts or even a sibling's chart? Right. Well, definitely siblings if it's like a sibling rivalry type <laughs> thing going on. Um, right. <laughs> or twins. Um, twins are interesting, but. Um, yeah, if, if I'm looking into the chart and depending on what the issue is, if I feel like um, what the parent is describing to me, if I see that what they're describing to me, like as the bedtime routine, looks to me to be at odds with what the child's wants and needs are. And if I feel any sense of not necessarily resistance, but um, if it doesn't sit well with the parent what I'm recommending will be best for the child, then I kind of will say, well, let me run your chart just to kind of understand where they're coming from, what emotional ties they have to the whole situation, how they were raised, what it is they're trying to bring into their, to raising of their child. So it does go back generational in that regard. Um, And are you reading their chart also for like future obstacles? Slightly. Obviously when I, when, so babies change drastically, especially in that first year, but I do try to give a slight forward look into their chart. Um, because if you're talking about a three month old baby, uh, especially with sleep or we'd be conditioning them at that age, that young, or just discussing the biology of sleep at that age. Um, but say a six month old that's ready for some, some sleep, uh, training, so to speak. Um, I would definitely be looking ahead because the minute you've got them settled into three naps, then they're ready for two naps, then they're ready for one nap. So I kind of give them a a forward look at approximately what age things are going to shift a little bit, what else they'd be looking for. And that's, um, so I try to give it 
forward looking that way. Yeah. Well, what a great service that you provide for for nannies, especially, but also just for parents. I wish I had you when my daughter was little. So yeah, I do. I do have nanny clients too that they do contact me, especially when they get a new job. They're like, I just want to be the best nanny I can be. And I'm like, I will help you out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can I ask you what you hope for the future of child astrology? Well, of course, I would love if it takes off. um, Because I, I really think that it is, it's a window into better understanding of the child and it can create a much more peaceful relationship between the caregiver and the child if they understand the wants and needs of the child Mm -hmm. um it can just create less battles fewer meltdowns and tantrums especially when they're in the twos and the threes and the fours right all of it Um, exactly yeah it just it can just help them know how best to communicate with that child. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and that's, which I think can be a big gift to a parent. Yeah, definitely. So how can my listeners learn more about you or book a session? My website is sunandmoonchild.com and they can email me at amy at sunandmoonchild.com. Um, that they can find me there. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. And thank you to Eric, my brilliant producer, KKNW and KBKW, the talk of Grace Harbor, and you, the listener. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. Really love the show. Don't be shy. Drop me a line at sakuralovefromthehip.com. Tune in next week for another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil, where Rory and I will have Irene on from the Seattle Sound Temple. And stay kind out there. Stay true to you. And don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Did you know that there's power in the number three? Not only is it the number that our brains remember best, it's also the triad, as it contains a beginning, a middle, and an end, so it represents wholeness. What better way to absorb information than from the power of three? Coaches Sakura Sutter, Rory Reich, and Brenda Reese on the Conscious Coaching Hour. This brand new live show airs the fourth Wednesday of every month from 2 to 3 p.m. These three intuitive and transformational coaches will reveal their own life experiences, share candid conversations, and offer up advice using their individual spiritual gifts, intuition, and intellect to help you overcome the challenges you may be facing in life. No matter where you are, the Conscious Coaching Hour will meet you there and shed light on the things that matter most to help awaken your intuition and inner coach and to help you live your best life.